Hi loves, welcome to Finding Navy. I'm a wife, mother, and freelance MUA. I'm here to share my journey to self-love and hopes to inspire others to do the same. Choosing to love yourself isn't just a choice. It's a daily battle that sometimes seems hopeless, but choosing to love yourself through it anyway. This is my story and my truth about the battles I continue to face on a daily basis. I hope you enjoy listening, and if you do, go ahead and subscribe. My husband and I started seeing each other in the fall of 2012. He was my best friend for a couple years prior and we did everything together. We had weekly friend dates and he went grocery shopping with me so I didn't have to go alone. We were so close you would have thought we were dating, except he knew it was never going to happen and I wasn't shy about voicing that. Neither was my sister or my friends. He just knew he didn't stand a chance. I was also in a long-term relationship with someone else for those couple of years, so he was the best friend that listened to all of my problems, but yet he never once interjected himself into my relationship. He knew it was a bad situation and wished I would leave the guy, but he also knew him voicing that would cause nothing but trouble. He was so respectful of my relationship, and considering he was in a similar relationship to mine at that very moment, it was something we latched onto. It was like we were dating the same people, so our friendship grew to astronomical lengths. We had nearly nothing in common hobby-wise, but our personalities were spot on. Knowing I never had to worry about him trying to interject himself into my relationship just made it all easier. From here on out, I'll refer to him as D-Dub. It was my nickname for him before we started dating. But this episode isn't about him. It's about my ex. We'll call him Colby. He was such a great friend. He would give you the shirt off his back if he could. He never failed to be there for his friends, and he would go to great lengths to make sure they were taken care of. His parents were the sweetest, and I am so thankful I had so many years to get to know them. There's no doubt every good quality from his parents passed on to him. I met Colby in middle school, and I was completely infatuated at first sight. There was no doubt I had that typical teenage girl crush. I didn't think I would ever stand a chance because I never did with anybody I had a crush on. I was basically the girl people dated for laughs, but nothing else. He happened to be in the same group of friends as me, and everyone adored him. He had a contagious personality and was always so fun to be around. We dated in middle school for a little while, but nothing serious. I mean, it's middle school, so let's be real. We have a lot of history together, and for a while we stopped talking because his girlfriend would get mad when we spoke to each other. When they broke up, we picked up our friendship like it never ended. A couple years later, we started dating. It was my senior year in high school, and I had just ended my relationship with someone else so I could be with Colby. By this time, we had been friends for about five-ish years. We knew each other pretty well. Now Colby and I, we had a lot in common. It was like we were one and the same. Nearly all our hobbies and interests were identical, except I loved reading books, and you wouldn't catch him dead reading anything but magazines. We shared a passion for automotives and even like nearly all the same vehicles. When things were good, they were great. But when they were bad, they were really bad. By the time we were 18, I had put down money for a deposit on our first apartment together, but we had already lived together for over a year. It was a little one-bedroom, but more than enough space for us. Shortly after that, I had taken a temporary summer position on an overnight shift at my work. The pay was nearly double but the hours ended up being atrocious. I loved it immediately. I was finally sweating, finally being challenged, learning to operate heavy equipment, worked with more like-minded people. I was being pushed mentally and physically. 
I was raking in so much money that I was stashing half my income every month. With all that extra money came massive amounts of overtime. I was usually working 60 to 70 hours a week, and even though I was only scheduled for four days, I was actually working five to six days a week. 10-hour shifts. I had plans for that money, and I was going to do whatever it took to keep building my stash. I was offered a permanent position, and I took it. Now I could depend on that money for good. By the end of our lease, I had taken full advantage of the extra cash flow, and I had started the process of buying a house. I wasn't your typical 20-year-old kid, and I was addicted to increasing my assets. I loved my job, and I loved the money. I was making a lot of it. I loved my boyfriend the best way I knew how at such a young age, and things were going great between us. That was until he started ignoring phone calls around me, hiding his phone and never leaving the room without it. Things he had never done before. One day we were sitting on the couch watching TV and he was reading a text. I never looked at his phone even when he was next to me because that's a huge violation of privacy in my opinion. The way he laughed made me look over and I saw the name of the person he was talking to. It was a nickname he called one of our friends, but I knew he had that person under his actual name in his phone, so I asked who's Cletus. He said who it was, a friend, and I shrugged and said, oh, okay. I knew he was lying, and it bothered me that he lied so easily and without hesitation. It ate at me for days, and I'm not one to snoop, so I let it slide. I knew there was a chance he changed the contact info, and also a really good chance I was just being paranoid because my exes had always cheated on me. A few weeks later, I got home from work super early. We actually had voluntary time off for the first time since I started working nights, and I got to leave. I was pumped. After weeks of working all this overtime, I was finally going to have a night to hang out with my boyfriend and our friends. Something I didn't get to do very often since everyone else worked days. I decided I would surprise him, so I didn't call to let him know. We only lived seven minutes away from my work, so I got home rather quickly. He wasn't there, but his truck was. I called to see where he was, but no answer. Texted him. No response. No biggie. I know he can't always get to his phone, and there's a good chance he left and went to a friend's house. Whatever. He was always doing last-minute things with his best friend, so I just waited. After about an hour, I called again, and nothing. I started worrying because that was unusual for him. He always answered me within an hour, so I called his best friend, and he was with them. Okay, cool. At least he isn't dead, you know? They said they would be back after a while, so I just waited some more and got in comfy clothes. This was about the time Farmville was huge, so I'm sitting at my computer harvesting strawberries or something, waiting for time to pass, and I started getting super bored, but they still aren't back yet. It's probably closer to 9, 10pm, and I was already home for about 4 hours at this point. We had a fur baby, and he was my kid. Don't even try to tell me otherwise. I had so many pictures on my phone that it was bogging it down, so I decided to transfer all of them to my computer and back them up in case I lost my phone. This was back when people stole phones right and left, and there was nothing you could do about it. You just lost everything. Well, I wasn't about to lose pictures of my baby boy. So I start transferring everything and start looking through all the old pictures because who doesn't like to reminisce? Plus, I'm bored, so why not? That's when I came across a gold mine. It was... it was something else. At first, I didn't mind, but then I realized what it was. Naked pictures of his ex-girlfriend. Dozens of them. 
It's one thing to stash porn on my computer. You do you. But your ex? I was heated. I kept scrolling, but there were too many to look at, and of course, the more I looked, the angrier I got. But I wanted to see how many were on there just the same. I never got to the bottom of it. As soon as I saw his friend's car, I was on my feet and out that door. I didn't wait. I didn't even put shoes on. I walked halfway down the sidewalk and was screaming at him. Really? Naked pictures of your ex on my computer? Are you freaking serious? I remember seeing people on the balconies, but I didn't care. I was ready to throw down. What he said next? Oh my god, I can't even. I'll never forget it. He says, I opened my old MySpace, and it must have automatically downloaded all my old pictures. Insert side-eye emoji here. The phrase, I was born at night but not last night, finally made sense. I'm like, bro, that's not how that works. And why is it only pictures of your ex-girlfriend, naked, and nothing else? Because I went through every damn album on that thing just to make sure I knew what was on there. I can't tell you how the rest of that night went because it's all a blur to me. But a few nights later when I got home from work, I was still mad. Intensely hurt. Not just because he had pictures of his ex on my computer, but because he lied so easily about it. Like he had already rehearsed the story in his head just in case. So obviously, able to put two and two together, I snagged his phone and looked up the text with Cletus. That was it. Only that thread. He forgot to delete it because the messages had cut off, so I knew he was deleting them. This was before the whole screen lock, passcode, automatic text delete, and all that fancy stuff smartphones have now. I'm talking old Nokia flip phone era, which is actually what he had. I soon realized Cletus was actually his ex. At this point, I'm beyond angry. I'm calm. I'm so angry. A scary place to be. So I wake him up out of the dead sleep and start questioning him. Why not? When you're startled awake, it's harder to lie. I don't know how long I questioned him, but I know I didn't let him go back to sleep. And I also knew he was drinking before he laid down and went to bed late. I didn't care though. I wanted answers. I legit did this for probably two weeks. Every night I got home from work, I would wake him up and repeatedly ask the same questions, but worded differently to catch him in his lies. And oh, the lies I caught him in. Eventually, he couldn't keep his lies straight, being sleep-deprived and all of that, so he came clean. Well, kind of. I knew he was still hiding things. He said she's pregnant, but she's married and she's in a bad relationship. She just needed a friend. Honestly, I totally get that, but why hide it? I have literally never shown a jealous bone in my body. So come to find out, the nights I would ask him to bring me lunch, but he said he was too tired or working late, he was actually driving down to her house, which was apparently over an hour away, and was why he wouldn't talk to me after my lunch break. He would clock out on time, and head to wherever they met up. I'm not sure where, or the distance between the two. 
I just know he never once came to see me on my lunch break in the entire 14 months that we lived in that apartment. But he never hesitated to drive to her and lose sleep over her. Of course, I ask why he did it. Why was he cheating on me? He never said what he did or didn't do. But he also never denied anything either. He said, man, it's a good one. He said he was lonely. I worked too much and he needed more attention. Cool. Cool. So instead of telling me that, you go hook up with your ex? Of all people. Sweet. So it's my fault you cheated. So me, being me, I ask if he wants to end things. It would suck, but whatever. I always told him I'd rather see him happy with someone else than be unhappy with me. This was exactly why. I get it. Go follow your heart, you know? Our lease ended soon, so it wasn't like he was going to be in a huge debacle with lease termination, and he definitely couldn't afford the apartment without me. He said no. The worst part was after I was done questioning him and had the answers I could get, although not the ones I wanted, I was the one that apologized to him. And then I made him waffles as a white flag. I didn't even do anything wrong, and I apologized to him by hugging him from behind and making him breakfast. I'm forgiving and used to being cheated on, so I'm like, all right, let's give this another shot. I do sincerely believe people can change, and he really isn't a terrible person. He just happened to do a terrible thing. But wait, there's more. He never apologized to me for any of it. So after a few months, we find a house we both like. Things are great, and I'm ready to sign papers. I got it for a steal, and since it was all in my name, I didn't have to worry about if we broke up. It would simply be he packs his stuff and moves out. I had no intentions in getting married or having kids, so having everything separate from him was a must. He knew that and never questioned it. He didn't put a dime into the house. Not to finance it, furnish it, stock it, nothing. He made half of what I did, so I didn't ask for, nor did I expect it, since he didn't have savings of his own, and the house wouldn't be in his name so it wasn't his responsibility, in my opinion. Anything he brought in was from his parents and was given to him. We were both totally cool with that. It was his way of contributing the only way he could. All bills were 50-50 monthly since it was just us two and our dogs. He had his own bills separate from me, and those were on him. It really was that easy. After a few months, everything was able to be budgeted, and I could tell him exactly what I needed from him. So I paid all the bills from the shared account, and he always transferred whatever was needed to that account in time. It was so simple and worked great for us. Then summer rolled around. My hours picked up, and I had so much overtime again that I only saw him a couple days a week. But now I have a mortgage to pay, so I'll gladly take on those hours. Build interest on my savings. Pay extra on the mortgage. I financed a car, bought a third dog. I owned four vehicles of my own, not including his. It was crazy. I had more at 20 than most people had in their 30s, and I wasn't slowing down. This was around the time I met D-Dub, but we hadn't really become friends yet. He was the weird guy at work, and I was always too busy doing my job to ever really notice him. But he was nice to talk to and got my mind off my own problems, because we usually talked about his. 
Now, by this point, I had started talking to my family again, not too long after buying my house. I was that kid. I had some stuff I needed to work through, and I didn't want them to be a part of it all. He pushed me to talk to them again, making sure I knew the importance of family and all that. My family hated him. I'm talking loathed him with every fiber of their being. They had their reasons, but it clearly didn't stop me from seeing him. I'm 20. I know best, right? They all accepted our relationship and stayed civil, but you could cut the tension with the knife if they were around each other. Which was rare. But I loved him and things were good. He started suggesting I go spend time at their house on the weekends and start rekindling those relationships. Eventually, I was there for a few hours almost every weekend unless I was working. Which I did a lot. I loved being at work. Then it started getting to the point where if I didn't feel like going to see my parents, then he would just lay around and do nothing. He canceled plans, but didn't spend the time with me. He would make random trips to the parts store, junkyard, wherever, but never with me, and always with someone else. I started getting suspicious and started questioning him. Are you cheating again? Are you wanting to break up? Why are you never spending time with me? I stopped picking up extra shifts so I could be with him. I didn't need the money, so it didn't hurt me financially. I can honestly say I don't remember ever spending one night alone with him while we lived in that house together. He had someone there every single night that I was home and was always inviting people over while I was working or going out to party with them. So, of course, I got even more suspicious. I'm not an idiot, but I needed proof, so I left it alone. I just never told him when I would be off work. Some nights, I got off so early, I would get home, mid-party, and he would be so surprised I was there, he would actually ask me why I was there. Like it wasn't my home. The dude planned parties around my work shift. Here's the real kicker. I got off work so early one night and had sent him a quick text to ask him what he was doing. He said nothing, just hanging out with the normal people. Nothing big. I'm pulling up 30 minutes later and there's a freaking rager going on inside my home on a weeknight. We have neighbors with kids. Weekends are one thing, but during the week is just rude. As I'm about to pull in, there's this car that speeds away. I immediately see who it is. His other ex-girlfriend. The one he dated in high school that always started fights when I talked to him, so I stopped talking to him to make their relationship easier. Yeah, that one. I walked inside my own home and walked into the basement where I see a group of people that I don't know playing beer pong. I have no idea where Colby is. And at this point, I don't care. I grab a beer as one girl stares at me and says, Excuse me. Who are you? Are you supposed to be here? Me, already heated for being lied to, responds with, Well, seems how I'm the owner of the house, I should be asking you the same thing. Y'all, she was 17, drinking in my house, at a rager with 21-year-olds, and I'm still 20 at this point. Cops get called, and I'm screwed. But wait. There's more. She was there under the impression she would be sleeping with my boyfriend in our bed that night. Now, before you get assumptions going, he did not say he had the intention to. I 
did not say he had the intention to. She said that that was her goal. Nah, sis. I kicked them all out. He was livid. Things just got worse after that. It didn't matter whether he was currently cheating, had plans to cheat, or was actually being faithful. That's just too much sketch going on. At some point, I'm not sure exactly when, we had gone on a weekend trip together to a lake house with a friend of his. Like, a double date, but for the entire weekend. We had a blast. It was so fun, and it was the first time we had actual quality time together, even though we were still never alone. It's just the quality time I had grown used to, like, we had double date nights with these people every few months type of quality time. That night, I fell down my stair. Singular. One stair. And nearly broke my foot. It still looks weird to this day, and because of that, I never walked downstairs without glasses. I had to take a couple months off of work, and he supported us within that time. Not fully, but more so than he normally did. By this time, I took on two-thirds of the monthly expenses because he couldn't afford it, and since my pay was less than half during this time, it was quite an adjustment. He never complained. He never hesitated. He took care of me and was the person I always knew he was. The good boyfriend. The kind friend. Perfect enough to draw me back in. Shortly after this was when I started hanging out with D-Dub, and we quickly became best friends considering we were in very similar relationships at the same time. By this time, we had been together for nearly four years. We broke up a few times between then, but it was always the let's work it out breakups. He convinced me to give it one more shot. The same things kept happening, and when I talked about it, every one of his friends told me I was crazy. He wouldn't cheat on me. Everything he did was obvious to me, and I never went through his phone after that one time with Cletus. I didn't have to. Lies have their ways of working themselves to the surface. I finally turned 21, and that's when the real party began. Not like I wasn't already drinking underage at home, but now I could go out to bars and dance. Let me rephrase that. I could go out to bars and watch him get drunk. Because he was my DD, so obviously I had to stay sober to get home safely. I remember going out and always wearing a t-shirt, jeans, and boots. Anytime I wore makeup or dressed nice, he always accused me of cheating. Always told me I looked bad. Never failed to tell me I was too skinny when I wore a form-fitting shirt. And I didn't dare wear heels, because then I would be taller than him, and that makes him look bad. On my 21st birthday, I wanted to go to Jose Peppers for lunch. It was my favorite place to eat, and I couldn't get enough of the espinaca dip. Colby refused to go because it always gave him heartburn. So I called upon D-Dub, because I was going regardless. But I didn't want to go alone. I wore this really pretty flower dress, and I was so proud of how I looked in it. I felt truly beautiful for the first time, basically ever. D-Dub pulled up and got out and gave me a hug, and gave me birthday flowers. He drove because I always drove on our friend dates, grocery shopping and lunch, and it was my birthday. So knowing I hated driving, he didn't hesitate. When we got back home, there was, you guessed it, a party happening. I had literally just told Colby I wanted a night alone. 
one night alone, just me and him. I was talking to D-Dub about how I was pretty pumped I would finally get some one-on-one -on -one time. JK, that was definitely not happening. I was so used to the random parties, though, that I just adjusted and went from upset to pumped in a few seconds. I walked inside to put the flowers D-Dub gave me in a vase and walked downstairs into the basement. Everyone was there with I can't tell you how much alcohol. My first legal party in my house, and we had one every single weekend. What's crazy is knowing this was just within six months of me living in this house. Well, I walked in the basement, and the first thing he says to me wasn't happy birthday, because he legit forgot it was my birthday until D-Dub showed up. But rather, you look like a whore. I hope you plan on taking that dress off before you start drinking. I just stood there, staring at him. To say I was crushed is an understatement. D-Dub was behind me and followed me upstairs to wait in the living room while I changed. He pointed out the flowers Colby had gotten me that I never noticed, and he left shortly after that. D-Dub hated Colby for reasons exactly like that. He would say how mean it was, or something, but never once did he do anything other than just listen to me complain. He was also still in a long-term relationship of his own at this time, and was very faithful. After that, he stopped coming around when Colby was there, because he couldn't take seeing how I felt, but he knew it wasn't his place to interject. I wouldn't have allowed it, and our friendship meant a lot to both of us. He was my best friend so he knew how it could affect everything between me and Colby. So he kept his mouth shut. Colby treated me like absolute trash. There's no other way to put it. Behind closed doors, he was so mean and degrading, but loving and sweet in front of company. I was convinced I would never find anyone else. I didn't have any good qualities, and yeah, I was super skinny. I mean, I was pretty tall, and barely over 100 pounds with ribs showing super skinny. And unhealthy skinny. I avoided mirrors. I was so skinny. And I projected my self-hate onto others. And it was out of control. I was at the point in my life where I couldn't sleep unless I was drunk. And I drank so much that my tolerance was ridiculous for my size. I was a full-on alcoholic before I ever entered a bar legally, and I loved it. I took pride in it. I was finally good at something. Around this time, a lot of our friends started talking about marriage and kids and their future. It was always a hell no for me. I'm not having kids, and I sure don't want to be tied down. Buying a house was commitment enough for me. I ended up having that very conversation with Colby, and somehow, whatever it was, he changed my mind. It wasn't a let's have kids right now kind of thing, but I started seeing myself as a mom, and the idea was flattering. Caring for someone that needed me, that loved me. Everyone was talking about it, and I knew I didn't want kids, but seeing him talk about being a dad was all I needed, I guess. The look on his face, the joy in his eyes, 
I don't know. I'm still not sure. I remember sitting outside talking to the girls and being very firm on never having kids or getting married. And then the next thing I know, I get a phone call from Colby while I'm working telling me he wants to try for a baby and wants to start that night when I got home from work. The idea of him actually wanting me for something instantaneously blinded me. He wants kids with me? Well, then he has to love me. He has to be devoted to me in order for him to want kids with me. The next day, I was like, what the heck am I doing? Dear God, I do not want this. I think he realized the same thing because we didn't try again after that. He started telling his friends I was forcing him into it, and that's not how that happened at all because I had always said the opposite. But somehow, they all believed him. They believed every single lie that shot out of his mouth. Or at least acted like they did. That was when I started questioning my relationship with him. I just couldn't see a future with him, and he had plans to make a home with someone. I mean, not like the entire relationship being hot garbage was enough to scare someone away, because it clearly wasn't for me. But I knew I didn't want him to be a part of my life anymore. Emotionally, I was done. I just didn't know how to tell him. I didn't want the same things, and it would never work out. I knew this would always be my life with him. We were together for five years before I finally rolled over one night and called it quits for good. It was actually a few days before our five-year anniversary, but I just couldn't take it anymore. All the fighting and bickering, wondering if he was cheating again, knowing he was, but not being able to prove it. Who was he talking to and why was he hiding it from me? I didn't break up with him because of how he treated me, though. I broke up with him because I cheated on him. I kissed someone else, and I didn't care. I drove home at 10 a.m. that very morning, right after nearly sleeping with the guy, and walked by Colby like nothing happened. I realized I just flat out didn't care about him anymore. I hated him, actually. The thought of him touching me disgusted me. His face made me roll my eyes. His voice angered me. His laugh was the most annoying thing ever. There was nothing about him that I liked. The thought of laying next to him literally made me queasy. A few days later, I did feel bad for what I did, but not because I cheated on Colby. I felt bad because the person I cheated on him with, I had actual feelings for. But he was already in a relationship. And I knew it. I was the other girl. I had deep feelings for this guy, and I wasn't the only one that saw it. And it wasn't D-Dub either. D-Dub was still the best friend that never stood a chance. But this guy... This guy made me feel alive and was completely off limits. It only happened once and it never happened again. We never spoke of it and we continued on with our friendship as usual. When Colby asked me why I was ending things, I told him just that I cheated on him and it didn't bother me in the slightest. I also told him I wanted him to move out ASAP, but he was still responsible for his portion of the bills within that time frame. Then I rolled over and went to sleep. I remember thinking how cold-hearted it was, but how relieved I felt. I knew I hurt his feelings, 
but I just didn't care. I think it was about a week later he said he wanted to work on things. He wanted to be better. I moved past his cheating, he can move past this. Some other crap. Some more bull. Blah blah blah. To be honest, I didn't really listen to everything he said because I knew it was all a facade. At which point he says, I know we can make this work. I really want to give this one more shot because I think we're great together. Please don't end this. I want a life and family with you. I want to get married and chase around little kids. Nah, not today, Satan. I wish you could have seen my face when he blew that line out of his mouth. So me, being as kind as I could, told him he is more than welcome to give it another shot. But I'm done. I want to see other people. I don't want to get married or have kids. What I said next made him act like I just blew up his parents' house. I said, I sure as hell don't want marriage or kids with you. This is where he all but grasped the non-existent pearls hanging delicately around his neck. Oh, how dare you say that. That's the final straw. He just couldn't believe I would say that to him. Do this to him and our relationship so abruptly. He's going to need some time to make plans for living arrangements. Cool, dude. You got an estimate on that because I have plans for this house and they don't involve you. I knew he didn't have much money, and even though I was done with him, I still didn't feel right kicking him out. Stay as long as you need, but hurry up. I started talking to other people just like I said I would. One night, I had an old friend over that I hadn't seen in years. Actually, my first love, oddly enough. We were just hanging out in my room, and Colby comes barging in asking me what I'm doing. Bro, not you skedaddle. I wasn't even doing anything, but dang he needed to interject himself to see what was going on. I was actually at the bars a few nights before with D-Dub and ran into this old friend. Got roofied by the bartender, got a cop's number, started talking to said cop, which went nowhere because he had a kid, and yikes on bikes, that's a hard no. But I was still hanging out with Colby this entire time, just like old friends. It was great. I was seeing other people, dating around, he was doing whatever, still hiding conversations from me, as usual, but I was over there doing my own thing. It was great. I had my friend back, and he was always nice to me, kind to me. He treated me like all his other friends. We went the next nine months living together, but not being together. He wasn't there very often after he realized I was serious about the whole dating other people thing. But when he was at the house, he left when I got there. It was rather nice, but it sucked all the same. I remember some nights being excited when I saw his truck in the driveway, but being let down when he wasn't there. Here's the thing. I still saw him as a friend. I wanted to remain friends, and I know I was fully capable of doing that. I even drove him hours away to buy a new truck. For me, it was like the breakup happened ages ago, and I was chill, content. I didn't realize how hard he actually took the breakup until the day he finally moved out, and I saw him drive away. And man, was I pumped for it. I was so ready to not see his crap anymore. 
I was ready to finally be able to move on. I had already moved on emotionally, and after nine months of him saying he didn't have anywhere to go, but only to find out he really did, but was just using my house as storage, it made me mad. Never mind the fact that he hadn't been paying his portion of the bills for months already. He left his room and bathroom a mess, never bought food, but made sure everyone ate what I had bought, and would clean out a 30-pack the very damn day I bought one. I also was paying his phone bill still, and he owed me for two months of his truck insurance. Yes, I kept tabs on all that. When he moved out, he owed me four months rent, two months of insurance, and three months on the phone bill, plus some gas in his truck here and there. It was upwards of $5,000, but I told him I would settle for $1,853. That was less than two months of shared bills. He agreed, and I took his word for it. I had no reason not to trust him on that because he had always paid me what he owed me before the breakup. Later on, he said he was moving his stuff out completely on whatever day, but he had no intention of paying the $1,853. Well, since you haven't been here for the last two months and have used me as a storage unit and admitted to it, I'll treat you like a storage unit would. I already had all the keys, so I kept his stuff hostage. Pay me, and then you can have your things. You haven't been here in over two months and have already moved out more than half of your things. What was left over wasn't that important. Like, come on, dude, stick to your word. He made a key that I didn't know about and got his things while I was at work. Karma came around, though. He never canceled a utility bill that was in his name like I told him to. And since he refused to speak to me directly, for whatever reason... It was months before I even realized I hadn't been paying the bill. He did a change of address, so it didn't come to my house anymore, and I didn't have any old bills to get the account number from. So when I called, for months on end, I wasn't able to pay the bill because I wasn't authorized on the account. I literally couldn't cancel service at a house I could prove I owned. I had to wait for him to call and cancel it. I even offered to pay the balance in full for him, because it was my debt, after all. But unless I had the account number, I couldn't make a payment. It was crazy. It was the beginning of winter, so we still had another, like, six months before they would cancel it for non-payment. And then they didn't even cancel it for another two months after that. Eventually, he found out the bill wasn't being paid, and was heated. Which I totally understand. Apparently, the bill was up to around $2,000 by then with the late fees, and I don't even know what else. He had a mutual friend call and asked me to get a hold of him. Nah, sis. Karma's a bitch. Probably should have paid me that $1,853, and you wouldn't be paying this. No, really, it wasn't the fact that I didn't want to pay the bill. I would have gladly paid it. It was the fact that he made a civil breakup go to hell in a handbasket lived in my house for free for nearly six months and took complete advantage of me and then lied about it all, acting like he was a victim when really he brought it upon himself. Here's the thing. The night I came home to see his things were finally gone, I was heartbroken. I was distraught. I was ugly crying on my back porch talking to my mom on the phone while my friend comforted me physically. But I wasn't sad because he was gone. I was happy he was gone. 
I was sad because I would never get to see his little sister grow up. I was sad I would never get to talk to his parents again and thank them for everything they did for me. They were amazing. I was sad because he was my friend for nearly a decade, and it was all gone. I was sad because I hated him as a partner, but still loved him as a friend. I was sad because I never got to say goodbye. Months later, I started dating D-Dub, and Colby started dating the girl I told him he should date. We hadn't spoken within that time frame, but we still had mutual friends, so it's not something you can really avoid knowing. Throughout the years, people have randomly updated me on his life, even though I have never asked, but I hear he's doing well. And I love that. I'm glad he is. We put each other through the ringer, and I'm glad he came out on top. I've never harbored any true animosity towards him, and I rather enjoy reminiscing about my life with him. He's such a huge part of everything for me. Without him, I wouldn't be so passionate about this journey. I wouldn't have given my husband a chance to date me. I wouldn't have been able to turn heartbreak into empowerment. He's such a tiny part of this journey for me, but he's a huge part of my life. A friend I wish I never lost. A memory that is so faded, it's barely there. I don't remember his face, and there's a good chance I wouldn't recognize him in public. His voice, though. I'll never forget his voice. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Finding Navy. If you enjoyed what you heard and want to hear more, go ahead and subscribe to my channel. If you want to see more of me, then you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Rose Beauty.